warning. The following podcast contains coarse language and spoilers for the film and the title of the podcast. Now playing movie reviews in 20 cues. Hello, good people, and welcome to Movie Reviews and 20 Cues, the show where we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. I am your host, Liz, everybody's favourite. Yay! And then there's someone else here. <laughs> yeah, me, the actual favourite. How are you going, Liz? <laughs> Better than you, because I'm the favourite. <laughs> Shut up your face. <laughs> so, um, yes, you've got me and Sam this week, and we are doing the movie in the title of the podcast, Surprise. And, uh, yeah, that movie is a pretty classic film. We talked about it in the last episode, I think, or the one before that, and that inspired us. And so we are doing it now, and it is The Shawshank Redemption. So uh, let me give you a bit of blurby blurbs about The Shawshank Redemption, if you don't know. Just in case no one knows what The Shawshank Redemption is. Yes, please. Exactly what I was going to say. If you don't know that, you're even worse than me, and that's really saying something. So, (laughs) (laughs) wow. But even so, um, you may not know that this was uh, actually a story by Stephen King. It was directed by Frank Darabont, and it stars Morgan Freeman, Tim Robbins, Clancy Brown, Bob Gunton, William Sadler, Gil Bellows, Gil, Jill, Gil, she must be Gil, Gil Bellows, Mark Rolston, James Whitmore, and a bunch of others. Um, And it gets some pretty solid scores. It's got 9.3 out of 10 from IMDb. Solid, solid, sorry, what? I've got to interrupt you. Solid scores. This is the highest rated movie on IMDb, (laughs) and you're saying it's got a solid score. I didn't, I don't want to spoil it. (laughs) Yeah, okay, fine. It has really good scores. So 9.3 out of 10 on IMDb, 91% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 8.9% from Metacritic. Wait, no, that's not right. <laughs> My Excel spreadsheet has corrected 8.9 to 8.9%, and I was like, that's not right. So 8.9 Metacritic infamously hates this fucking movie <laughs> with a passion. They hate it so much. No, so that's just me being a ding-dong. So since I was kind enough to give the whole description of it, I think that Sam should do the plot like I made him do it last time, although he was <laughs> terrible at it, so should we let him? Go ahead. Yep, so Andy Dufresne is a successful banker whose wife starts cheating on him with a golf pro. Uh, Andy goes around to her house and it kind of intimates that maybe he did something bad. The next thing we know, he cuts to a shot of him in court and he's going to jail for murdering his wife. And then it tells the story of his friendship with a character called Red, obviously played by Morgan Freeman, as well as the 20-ish, 20-ish years he spends in jail learning to accept um, life inside while never really giving up on being an outside cat. <laughs> He's definitely not an inside cat. And um, yeah, and that's pretty much it. I mean, everyone knows this film. Everyone knows yeah. it. Yeah, even I know this film. Even I've seen this film like multiple times. So that terrifies me, to be honest, Liz. That absolutely fucking terrifies me. Well, this is why I don't watch any other films because I'm too busy watching The Shawshank Redemption for like the 10th time. <laughs> Ridiculous. But um, yeah, look, I'm excited to talk about this film. I'm quite amazed we've never done it. So let's just get stuck in, yeah? 100%. 100%. As Liz mentioned, we review a movie by asking 20 questions about it. We normally have 10 that can be applied to any film before moving through three personal questions each. But because there's only two of us, we're going to do 13 questions that can be applied to any film. And then moving into three personal questions. One we start with compliment sandwich. One thing good, one thing bad, and one thing good if we like this film. So if we're going to give it a score over 5,000 to 10,000, 
Or if we didn't like this film, we give it a shit sandwich, which is one thing bad, one thing good, and one thing bad. Liz, take us, lead us off. Or do you want me to go first? Yeah, I do want you to go first, funnily enough. Okay, first good thing. Powerhouse performances from everyone. Morgan Freeman, amazing. Clancy Brown, amazing. Bob Gunton, amazing. William Sadler, Gil Bellows, some of these other side characters, amazing. Like They, they all give phenomenal performances in films that, I mean, yes, Morgan Freeman has been in quite a bit. Tim Robbins obviously been in quite a bit. Clancy Brown has sort of always been a character actor. Bob Gunton, the same. Some of these other guys, you barely ever see them again in anything else, but they just turn out amazing performances in this. The other good thing is very well paced. It never gets bogged down in any of its subplots. You know, like it's like Andy goes missing for about a quarter of the movie. You know, his story becomes superfluous to. Brooks's story and the other character story, and it's amazing. You don't notice, you don't care. You, you're so, so invested in these guys and their day to day lives that you just don't give a shit. And then the great thing <laughs> oh, yeah, this is a fucking hyperbole sandwich because it's the fucking Shawshank Redemption. It's the highest rated movie on IMDb for millions of fucking good reasons. I was sitting there and I was like determined to go, okay, I need to come up with a bad thing. Even my bad things backfired in my fucking face, and I'll talk about them later. The great thing for me, the symbolism. The symbolism. Salvation lies within. Yes, perfect. Okay, we get it. There's the rock hammer inside the Bible. What section of the Bible was that on? Exodus. You know, fleeing. How fucking insane is that? It's so good. Oh my god, I did not see that. That's so good. I always love what the sign actually says, where he's putting, what does it actually say? But I remember watching in the movie and just thinking, oh my God, the fact that his safe is behind there and he's being a total scam artist. It's like judgment or like the Lord's eyes are always watching or judgment's always yeah, on its yeah, way yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. What, I can't oh, remember, I, can't is, but I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's, mm. it's great symbolism. It's great symbolism. Mm. And there's, there's so many moments throughout it that are very obvious and that lead you into you know, like payoffs later. But the one big one for me is the fact that he comes out of the the pipe and he's crawled through all this shit and he's got himself free, comes out of the pipe, arms in the air, Jesus Christ pose, pissing down with rain and it's like God's washing away all the shit he's just had to put up with. And now he's a clean and fresh man. And even Morgan Freeman says he's the only man that crawled through a pipe of shit and came out clean the other side. It's phenomenal. There's so many awesome like symbolism in here that, of course, it's a hyperbole. Fucking course it's a hyperbole. 9.3 billion out of 10,000. <laughs> nice. I'm going to make that out of Rita Hayworth posters. Oh, yeah, Rita Hayworth for sure. Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. Rita banger. Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption was the actual name of the book that Stephen King wrote. Although, admittedly, he wrote it under one of his pen names. So, there you go. Yeah, yeah, that's why I thought that'd be a good one to go with. So, um, all right, I'm going to get into mine, and I'm going to keep it pretty quick and tight. So, uh, firstly, good thing, the music was perfect. Like, they just yes. had perfect mu- use of music the whole way through, really just so emotive and just so aligned with how you needed to be feeling and it just it couldn't have been better the casting was perfect as you said you know amazing people in amazing roles that did an amazing job and the character choices were perfect all of that was perfect and the sequencing and the flow of this movie is perfect it just all flows perfectly it all makes perfect sense there's callbacks to callbacks and Everything is just aligned and shown in just the right way to just build the right suspense and make you unsure about things and give you that amazing, you know, final burst of dopamine. And and just, it's just perfect. Look, this is a perfect movie. And so I'm going to give this movie 10,000 Rita Hayworth post-its. Yes, Liz. Yes. Like, 
It's amazing, and like I probably could give it more, but I just really like the symbolism, if you will, of giving it ten thousand out of ten thousand because it just it just hits the money for everything for me. I'm gonna just say it here because I, I just realised I didn't actually have a spot to put this in later, but I was legitimately looking for a bad thing to be in this, and my first thing that I came up with was I said to Stacey, I was like, well, you know, this is supposedly twenty years of passing. And he doesn't really look any older than when he first got in there. We're supposed to believe he was in his 20s. And now he's like 20 years later. And then Stacey was like, yeah. And then I was like, oh, I've just noticed all the graying around his temples. I've just noticed mm-hmm. all the like the uh, like sort of oldness that they've made him and stuff like that. Morgan Freeman hasn't really changed. But I mean, Morgan Freeman hasn't really changed, you know. So I was like, the, it's just, it's there. You know, even the tiny shit that I was trying to nitpick on, I was like, it's, it's fucking there. They've done such a good job on this film. You're right, it's perfect. Do you know why um, Morgan Freeman looks so much like the picture of himself in the parole? You know, the picture that they always show when he's going for parole? Was it that whenever he was arrested as drinking as a teen or something like that? No, apparently it's a picture of his son. Oh, son! Mm. (laughs) That's That's amazing. I love all those little pictures. It's great. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah, just there's so much. Just everything is just so well put together in this film. It's such a well-made film. 100%. 100%. Yes. Yeah. So I literally am giving it 100%. So there Aww. you go. Oh, I love yeah. you. You haven't let me down. <sighs> there you go. No, I couldn't. I mean, how could you? <laughs> Anyone that was capable of this, this podcast, I was like, yeah, the Shawshank Redemption really sucks. Like when I brought it up the other week about, you know, what sh- film do you show someone to make them love movies? If either of you had been like, oh, yeah. no, I don't really like the Shawshank, I would have been like, get the fuck out. You can never come up. It's not exactly. even my podcast, yeah. but you can't come back on it. <laughs> Yeah, you're banned. <laughs> I would love to. Just I mean, I, I did legitimately think about can I find someone that will say negative shit about the Shawshank Redemption? And then I was like, I, I just can't be fucked with that sort of person in my life. So I'm glad we're here. <laughs> nah, yeah. Let's just go ahead and talk lovely things. It'll be great. Exactly. Because even the things that I might usually say are bad about a film from the 90s, I can't apply here because, like, as you say, they, the special effects, there's not a lot, but, you know, just the way they age him and stuff is really good. You know, yeah. the lack of women in the movie. It's a movie about a men's prison. It's not going to have women in it. You know, like, so I'm not bothered by that. Like, there's all these things I could 100%, usually yeah. go back to and say, oh, that's not good. But actually, in this film, there isn't. Exactly. So, I think we should move to question two. Yes. What is it, Liz? It is. What was the biggest dick move of the movie? And I'm cutting out anything to do with the rape. Or, like, you know, the really fucking terrible bits. That seems too obvious. Yeah, that the the sexual assault was definitely too obvious. I mean, but yeah. my my thing was too obvious, which is that you know you get a prisoner out into the yard. You say to him, "Hey, have you got proof that Andy Dufresne's innocent?" And he's like, "Yep." And he's like, "You swear you take the, you know, <laughs> testify." Yep. Okay. Cool. And then just walked away and fucking had him shot. Like what the fuck? Yeah, mine's basically like, the same. If you had any, like, if you had any doubt that the warden was an absolute corrupt piece of shit and an absolute hypocritical asshole. That was the scene, right? Like, that just did away any doubt whatsoever. Oh, yeah. Whereas I think I you got it from when he was being very obtuse. And I love how angry he gets about being called obtuse. Yes. Because he knows it's true, like, that he's purposefully being obtuse, but he you know, doesn't like that he's calling out on it. But, yeah, I said that it was the warden's refusal to allow Andy's attempt to clear his name because it's just such a dick move and it was so selfish. Exactly. And like, see, here's the thing. Not a lot of people put Bob Gunton's performance as the warden as one of the greatest villainous performances ever. But that's what I find about him is that's so amazing is that he's not snivelly and it's not obvious. He's like, he almost walks that fine line between being a sort of like somewhat self-righteous, some, somewhat pompous sort of 
holy man. But then as it sort of unravels, you just see how much of a degenerate piece of shit he is. And, you know, they keep saying he should be in here with us. And he should. He absolutely should. Oh, yeah. Well, I think he's 100% self-righteous. Like, it's literally his whole, the embodiment of him is, is he's so certain he's right and he's on the right path and he follows the Lord. And so, therefore, he's absolutely 100% right and can't be judged. But actually, that's obviously not the yeah, case. Yeah, 100%. And they show it so yeah. well. Oh, yeah. Yes. Anyway, question number three. Which character from this film would you get to help you hide a dead body? I feel like you're going to go a criminal, but I'm going to say to you, actually, they're all in prison, so why would you trust any of them? And I'm going with the warden, because <laughs> he could get his lackeys to help, he can pay people off. That's what I'm doing. Like It does make sense, right? And the options are limited, so I'm going to go with a guy that wants to be back in prison. I'm going to go with Brooks. <laughs> oh, yeah, nice. Let's face it, I, I'm... I'm I've got no real experience in hiding dead bodies that I'm going to admit to, at least. Uh, and I, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm probably going to get caught. At least if he gets caught, he's he's a good dude. I don't know what he's doing in jail to start with, but he's a good dude. He's the type of dude that would probably go, you know what, Sam, I'm going to take the fall for this one. I'm going to go back to jail. I'm going to say it was all me. You had nothing to do with it. You can you can trust old Brooksy. I don't want to be out here. I don't want to be, you know, out in the real world. I want to be in the jail. Don't you worry about it. Legit. Yeah, good on you, Brooks. That's a great call, actually. I was wondering if you'd say Andy, and I was going to be like, yeah, I get that he's really helpful. Andy's really helpful to the warden and, like, does this whole elaborate thing. But do you know what he really sucked at? Was getting away with murder <laughs> because he literally went for jail yeah, and he exactly. didn't do it. So I wouldn't have him <laughs> try and hide a dead body. No, no way. Definitely not nope. ended frame. Okay, question four. It's a, it's a fan favourite, or at least a Stacey favourite. Um, how would you have incorporated Nicolas Cage into this film? Uh, see, Cage is too crazy for this prison. Like, he legitimately needs his own ward. So maybe, like, almost a Gil Bellows character, you know, like an Alvis impersonator that comes in and maybe gets incarcerated with Gil, and, you know, maybe he's the one that kills Gil because the warden sort of put him up to it. I don't know. Like, I just... I, I love Nicolas Cage. I think he's amazing. I think he's a legend. But I feel like this movie would probably get a shit sandwich if you put him into it. Oh, yeah. I didn't want to put him very much. I thought he could just be like one of the sort of part of their cool crew, but one that wasn't like the core cool crew. So they just had him along to hang out occasionally. And one of the times that they had him to hang out was in the library when Brooks was trying to call Hayward. And instead of him trying to call Hayward, he was trying to call Nicolas Cage because then you could have Nicolas Cage freak out. That would be pretty good. That would be pretty good. The only other one I had was he could have been the one of the people that they um, like gamble on at the start as to who's going to break first. Because how much would you love to see Nicolas Cage break oh, first? Yeah. Well, that would be amazing. That that would be quality. Yeah. I like that. That's a good yeah. answer. Anywho, talking about weird characters, which character from this film would you definitely not get to house at your place? So we were just talking about him. Brooks. What if he committed <laughs> another act of wanton oh. vandalism in my house? I don't want him scratching shit in my walls. It's, it's a good point. It's a good point. Um, this is kind of how I flipped it. I, I don't want Andy Dufresne. I don't want Andy Dufresne house sitting in my house. That guy's got the baddest fucking luck. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> True. That's like, fair. Like maybe I'll come home and they'll go, there was 14 bodies buried in your back garden and Andy just gave some very weird, obtuse answers in court and now he's kind of implying that you maybe had something to do with it you'd be like oh for fuck's sake <laughs> or on the flip side if they oh, were actually again. your bodies in the garden then maybe he'll get framed for it and that'd be great for you so that Ooh. could be good yeah 
I do have some guilty stuff that needs, you know, someone to take the fall for. I have to say, the bit where Brooks does, you know, scratch his name in and then kill himself is just such an epic scene. And I say that, and I wanted to uh, bring this up, but I didn't really have anywhere else to do it, so I'm doing it now, is A, you don't even realise he's going to kill himself until even after he's killed himself. Because as he's kicking the table, you sort of think, oh, he's stumbling or something. You don't quite know what's going on, and it's not until you actually see him hanging. You're like, oh, my God. Like, the way they built up to that was just so well done. And the other thing I want to say is it gets me every time I was sobbing. And my boyfriend's like, you've seen this movie how many times? I'm like, it doesn't matter. Every time I watch that scene, every time I feel so bad for Brooks and how alone he must feel and how isolated and it it just gets me every time and I cry. It's so good. I, I'm 100% with you. Like, it's heartbreaking and you know it's coming and you, you, you sort of, like, mentally steer yourself. But for some reason, and this is how well the film does it, I kind of feel like there's a beauty there in that we don't and, and that he gets to go out on his own terms. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's, it's, yeah. it's, there's sort of like a, Brooks was here, he leaves the last final, you know, like piece of him on the planet. He, you know, sends a letter to his friends and then it's just, ah, it's so good. That reminds me, that was another one of my great things was some of the shots in this movie, right? right the, the shot mm-hmm. of Brooks's feet, you know, you don't see it. Um, when the warden throws the stone through the um through mm-hmm. the poster, you don't see and, the stone go through the poster. You see you their see faces, their faces. You see their reactions, and their reactions yeah. are perfect as well. And I like um there's like when they first come into the prison, and it sort of focuses on their feet, all sort of marching along in unison, and and the big foreboding walls of the prison. Like oh, it's just beautifully staged and yes, yeah, these shot. weird shots that legitimately sort of like make you feel like you're a fly on the wall and it mm. almost makes you feel like, you know, you don't want to look at the violence. You don't want to actually see. The same with the warden when he shoots himself in the head. You see the blood splatter up the window and you're like, you don't actually see, you know, you can probably make an R18 film. Well, it probably already was. But what, like, what I'm trying to say is like you don't see some of the like horrific violence that lets your imagination do it. And it's, again, it's like, it's you're like a fly on the wall. You're like, oh, I don't want to look at that. It's too violent. That's not really for me. Mm. And like, your brain fills in the gaps and fuck, it's so good. Do you know, it must have always covered my eyes when the warden shoots himself because I know I, I hate anything right. like that. This time, I think I opened my eyes sooner than usual because I saw the the hole in his under his mouth or like under in his chin. I was just yep. like, oh my God, has that always been there? And my boyfriend was like, yes. And I was like, well, I must have always <laughs> just kept my eyes covered longer because, yeah, that was quite shocking. Oh, has it always been that yes Liz it was there the entire movie how did you not notice it's, well it's I kept my amazing. eyes closed because it's scary and I don't <laughs> like it oh, I can never yeah. look at people like shooting themselves or getting shot like as soon as anything like that happens it's covering my eyes immediately I'm a big yep. baby anyway um, moving us to question 6 what was the most moronic decision by an otherwise smart character Oh, there's a few in here. I mean, Andy Dufresne is obviously implied to be in a very, I mean, he's shown to be a very smart character, but like what you talked about before, like, you know, you're innocent. Do you really think that Warden's going to help you? Why would you go and tell him? Yep. Yep. I mean, I suppose he didn't have a lot of options. Like, I don't know how he he doesn't have a lot of lawyer or whatever, but that's what I'm saying. Like, surely he's got options of being able to talk to a lawyer. I I don't know the American judicial Mm. system. Quite frankly, every time I hear anything about it, I'm fucking shocked and appalled but i like surely he's got an ability to talk to a lawyer or someone neutral someone outside of the system that he can go hey this is this is the story and this is 
very accurate. And, you know, this guy says this sort of thing. Like, why would he trust the warden? At what yep. Has the warden done anything to demonstrate why he should be trustworthy? No, absolutely not. He's, he's shown himself to be a dodgy, you know, money laundering dude. Fuck that. <laughs> well, he has nothing to gain from helping Andy and everything to lose. You know, when you actually look at exactly. it, why would he at all? 100%. It's complete madness. No, I mine's also something that Andy did, and it was when Andy approaches Captain Hadley on the roof when they're tarring it. And, yes. Yeah, and he's just, yes. his first statement is, do you trust your wife? I'd be trying to throw you off a roof too. Like, what were you expecting, you fucking idiot? Why would you not lead with, oh, uh, Captain, sir, I actually know how you can keep all the money you receive through a tax loophole. Would you like to hear the details? You know, like yeah, exactly. Lead with the key and, information and I, first, man. <laughs> Do you trust and I feel your like wife? you've understated it. He he creeps up on a group of guards that are standing there, uh, uh, you know, uh, oblivious to him. Like he creeps up on them. They're yep. visually shocked when he arrives there, and he doesn't to go. To them at all. Hey, do you trust yeah. your wife? He goes. Hey, do you trust your wife? Like a fucking creep. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? It's such a bad decision. I'm just like, you dude, you were so lucky he didn't throw you off the roof. Just it let you go. And be like, oh, no, he died. Yeah. There what was that. Idiot. And then there was the like everything else that happened at the start as well, which I mean, obviously is there for us to spend the first half of the movie going, is he guilty? Is he not? But like, you know, your wife's cheating on you. Do you really go around to her house or his house, whatever it is, with a gun and get drunk outside? You know, what the fuck? Like, that was but a honestly, stupid. that is ridiculously bad luck because if he had done yes. all that and it just so happened that the guy had not stopped by to murder them all, then theoretically, like, there isn't a problem, is there? Like, he might get done for attempted murder or something, but he wouldn't have, you know, it, it was just mad. I do love, though, that the guy's like, isn't it convenient that we can't find your gun? And he's like... I actually find it decidedly inconvenient. <laughs> that always makes me exactly. laugh. Exactly, that's very funny. I, I do find that pretty funny as well. But I mean, mm. it's it's like, what was the conversation like? Did the cop come round and was like, "Hey, what are you up to last night?" Well, you see, I got really drunk and I drove around to my wife's house. I sat outside of a gun, thought I was going to kill her, decided not to, drove home, threw my gun in the water. They're like, "What?" Well, yeah, I wondered why, because I wrote down in my notes right at the start, I was like, why is why did he even admit he had a gun at all? But then he spilled all the bullets on the ground. Exactly. So I really lo- it was another thing that I was thinking with this movie is that there isn't these loose ends. They've made it clear how and why. Like All the questions I wrote down, I go, oh, why they said that? Or why is that happening? Were answered not long after. And um, I just thought that was hmm. really well done as well. It was. Yeah, you're right. Anywho, that moves us over to a Patreon question. This one comes courtesy of our friends Dan of Netflix and Swill, who unfortunately aren't putting out any more episodes, but go check them out anyway. I can still find their podcast, so can you. Search out Netflix and Swill. We miss you, Dan. I miss you. Yeah. His question from Dan, how would you have incorporated the song Blink- <laughs> by Blink-182? All the small Eat a deck. No. Who... Eat out. I'm going to eat all of them. Who was the true MVP of the movie? And it can't be the main character. And I feel like we have to rule out Red because fuck me, he's yep. the man. Andy and Red, you've got to rule those two out. Are you ready for my answer? It's good. Hit us. It's Captain Hadley. God damn it. <laughs> Is that what you had? Yeah, of course I did. He's the man. Like, he's horrible. Captain Hadley. He's a horrible yeah. piece of shit, but he's the man. Well, what's your yeah. reasoning? Oh, because he fucked up those guys that were sexually assaulting Andy? Yeah. <laughs> that was it. I was like, had he not beaten Boggs to a pulp and rendered and paralyzed him, Boggs probably would have killed Andy or driven him to suicide, so he wouldn't have been out of escape. So therefore, Captain Hadley. 
I exactly. thought that was really clever and you wouldn't have got it. And I was no, really proud of, course. of it. He's a necessary evil. Lame. Clancy Brown, amazing, amazing face for just like a, you know, like a bad guy, right? Like just amazing character actor, mm-hmm. amazing, like just sheer intimidation and scary. But yeah, if it wasn't for him, fuck, you know. And I liked it because it showed how he wasn't just all bad or all good. Like all these people are very complex and there's good things and bad things about all of them. And yeah. for Captain Hadley, like, yes, he was a total cunt in some ways, but actually, in some ways, he was, like, actually really solid and did a good thing here or there. Yeah. The only other guys I've got to mention is the other guy that was helping Red smuggle things into the um, into the prison, because if we hadn't had him helping oh, yeah. Red, we wouldn't have got the rock hammer. Like, he, if somebody on the outside, whoever brought that rock hammer, didn't go, why the fuck would they need this in jail? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Fair call. All right, question eight. You always love it. What quote from this film would be the worst to hear immediately after having sex? I was going to go with one of the most famous quotes from the film when Andy says to Red, I guess it comes down to a simple choice, really. Get busy living or get busy dying. <laughs> yeah, you got to Gross. wonder what's just happened in the, uh, in the period before that for that to be brought up uh i'm going with a very perfect warden quote that as soon as i heard it was like that is my answer don't you ever mention money to me again you sorry son of a bitch (laughs) that's a good one yep i was pretty happy about that there was also one about monkey spunk yeah. There's one about monkey spunk, which I meant to write down and forgot but that was that could have been a good one i was about some weird insults I was, I was about to say, pretty much everything that Captain Hadley says, like Clancy Brown says, like it, all these insults that he like dishes out on all the prisoners are up there, man. Like Every single one of them. I was like, it's almost too obvious, so that's why I went with that one, but yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. The other one was, um, the other one was Boggs going, no, you don't understand. You do that and I put all eight inches in, of steel in your ear. <laughs> Like you have eight inches of steel, Sam. No, but like, this is what I'm hearing from somebody straight after sex. Somebody says to me, I'm going to put all eight inches of steel in your ear. What the fuck are they talking oh, okay, about? Okay, okay, no, that's fair. <laughs> I'd be like, that's not where I want you to put it. And speaking about the, the other scene as well, another one was Andy Dufresne going, you know how to read, you ignorant fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that one as well. I did think of that one. Yeah, it's pretty it's a great good. Great line. Anywho, moves us over to question number nine. Uh, what deep philosophical debates arose in you while you're watching this film? It's pretty much the same one I think that I get whenever I watch this film. And it's, is this the best way to handle one of murders like this, like Andy was meant to be guilty of? It just feels like this huge waste. I mean, especially if he was innocent. But even if he wasn't, like, it's one thing, like, imprisoning someone for life because they're absolutely going to keep committing rapes or murders or whatever and you need to keep them away to because they're a danger to society. But, like, someone where, like Andy where it was a crime of passion, surely he could be rehabilitated. So couldn't isn't there ways that we could focus on that and give them more opportunities for, like, community service and, he, you know, he could help other prisoners get their GDs and all of that? I just, I don't know. It's just... Made me sad about the judicial system. It's an interesting question because obviously Brooks and um, Red have been in there for something horrific as well, right? Yeah. Like, because, I mean, they've been. Right. And then, like, then you let them out, and what's the point of that for them? They don't even want it. Yeah, exactly. Like, Brooks has been in there for, what, 50 years? So he must have done something, right? And even Red, like, Red, see, 
this this was actually going to be um, most moronic decision by an otherwise smart character, but it actually worked in his favour. You know, when Red goes into his parole hearing and he goes, you know, yeah, there's not a day goes past that I wish I could go back and tell young me, um, you know, like, I, you know, I've got nothing in common with that guy, but look, whatever, you guys go and do whatever bullshit you've got to do, I'll see you later sort of thing. And then they're like, all right, and then let him out. <laughs> What the fuck? Yeah, they're like, okay, we get it. You're over it. Yeah, you're but like, um, I think, yeah, it's, it, it really raises that point of these young guys doing stupid shit when they're 20. Is it always the best thing to keep them in prison till they're 60, till they're 70? Like, it just seems like such a waste. I mean, I'm sure there are ones that we do want to keep out of society, but I don't know, just looking at that. Especially now when they've got the science you know? to prove that your kinetic function isn't actually fully formed or developed until you're like 25, right? Like... You know, your ability to make smart, yeah. conscientious decisions hasn't fully been formed. I mean, most of us, yes, we know right or wrong. Like, at no point when I was a teenager did I think, fuck, I'd love to kill someone. But you know what I mean? But it's like, but for some people, like. But you don't necessarily think of the consequences. You and don't. That, that what, no. Like the long-term consequences. And that's why, like, so many teenagers get knocked up. And, you know, because they're like, oh, yeah, I know that I could make a baby if I don't wear a condom. But uh, I really don't really cognizantly like understand that and what that actually means for me exactly yeah who, who knows as well for those guys i mean it could have been similar it could have been read like held up a store and they accidentally shot the storekeeper or something like that you know it's, it's yeah. who knows i don't think it was ever really explained i did love how <laughs> i did love when andy goes why do they call you red and morgan freeman's like oh it's probably because i'm irish oh yeah like, <laughs> and then we later see his name like reading because the character in the book is irish oh right oh that's amazing yeah, because I said, what? Why would you say that? And he said, and my partner was like, oh, no, because the character in the book is Irish, so it's a callback to the book, which is very clever. Holy shit. Oh, that's crazy. Mm. I thought you would know that. I don't, there you go. surprisingly. I know more than you. Well, I only know more than you because my, my friend knows it, but here we are. Funny. Fair enough. What's yours? Uh, my deep... My deep philosophical debate, and I'm going to do a shout out to my mate Topher, formerly of We Watch the Thing. Both of us notoriously can't stand voiceovers in movies. They very rarely, if ever, work. And I think the thing about this movie is it works so perfectly that this kind of ruins it for every other movie afterwards. You know, like le- legitimately, most movies now with voiceovers that give you all the exposition and help you along in the story, just tell you stuff because they can't be fucks trying to show it to you. Mostly feels lazy, unneeded, but also always, almost always feels like Morgan Freeman knockoffs, right? Like, they nailed it so perfectly. <laughs> yeah. What if they got Morgan Freeman to do it? Would that help? <laughs> yeah. But even still, even when Morgan Freeman does pop up and, like, I don't know, Bruce Almighty or something like that, I'm sure he probably does a voiceover in that. But even when he does pop up in other films and do it, it's sort of like, yeah, we get it, you know? <laughs> It's not the same. It's not the same. I will say my other one was how long would I last in the prison, but I wouldn't fucking, I wouldn't even make it past the the get naked and get hosed down part. I'd just ball up. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, okay, so question uh, 10. Which moment from this film is the most likely to randomly pop into your head some other time? It's the shot of the guys, you know, like Morgan Freeman and Bob Gunton looking into, and Clancy Brown, looking into the hole after Andy Dufresne's escaped for it. So, you know, there's a great shot of, you know, mm. the camera's well framed. Such a good shot. It's perfectly shot. And it's it's kind of cool because, again, talking about the symbolism, and I almost spoiled it by talking about this earlier, but it's kind of like we get this, like, 
almost haha fuck you view from Andy Dufresne of what he would see if he looked back and saw these guys like haha fuck you I'm out you know what I mean it's like this it's this view rather than seeing them peer into a hole and getting their perspective we're more getting the perspective of Andy Dufresne or like you know the other person on the other side of the hole it's so good it's just so good yeah what say you fuzzy britches you feel like talking I love that. Um, but I, what I really love about that scene is that they have Red there because, and and it feels very organic that he is there. But it makes it yeah. so much more meaningful that he's there looking down the tunnel. He can't believe it because he had no idea. But he's so happy for him. But it, just all of that expressed in his face, like all of their faces, is just perfect in that. Yeah, I just, you're right. It, it's brilliant. For me, the moment that really sticks with me is when Andy puts on the music and everyone stops oh, yeah. to listen and just, and it wafts through the prison and everybody's just blown away. And it's just this beautiful music scene. And you don't even really, I don't know the song. I don't know how super famous it is other than being in this movie. Um, but it's just so powerful and beautiful. And it really reminds you of the power of music. And I always love that piece when it happens in the film. And it's something I think back to, and I just, yeah, I love it. 100%. It it's was just so such good. a lovely little piece. And it wasn't needed. It didn't, you know, it didn't push the thing forward very much or anything, but it was just the timing of it as well was really good because it came straight after, I think, Brooks's suicide or something else really fucking dark. And you were like, oh, yeah. God, this is really hard. And then they brought in this beautiful moment, this elegant moment. And I just really liked the timing of that. It was really good. Yeah. Totally agree. Um, I'm just going to segue. One of your questions is, I mean, one of the questions would have been, what is the best moment to have, for this movie to burst into a big musical number? I actually, I mean, it would have fucking ruined the movie, but I would have liked that part. I would have liked that part of when they basically come in, because I'm trying to, I'm really trying to struggle here to find a way to fit it in. But when they go in and they get Andy, if all the prisoners had just burst into a song, you know, and just started dancing and singing and like showing that they were free. And it was like, it's almost like staging a riot, but like a peaceful riot. Like that would have been my one. Yeah. That's the only part Super I could fun. have done a musical, musical scene. Yeah. Like I like that. Um, I was struggling with it a little bit, but I thought when they were all searching for Andy and they couldn't find him and they could have had like some synchronized sweeping of the prison, like the guards are all like looking at places. Like, and then you have like Andy pop up with a solo from the outside. <laughs> Like, it's impossible ah, to make like it work well. Outside. This is fucking terrible. This is one of the worst ideas terrible. I've ever heard. <laughs> I know, but who cares? <laughs> this is why I don't make movies. I just complain about them. Yeah, exactly. Um, right? Yes. All right. The next question then uh, was, what scene is missing from this movie? I feel like there's a couple of scenes that are missing, but the one that really got me was that we never really saw any comeuppance for the guy that blabbed to Gil Bellows' character and said, Hey, I'm the one that killed Andy Dufresne's wife and, you know, golf partner or mm. pro or whatever. We never really True. know what happened to him. And I feel like he should have had some sort of repercussions to him. It would have been great if like one of the other guys in prison, like Hayward or someone got transferred to that prison and like recognized that he was the same guy and then like shanked him or something. Yeah, Exactly. I don't know. Yeah, I like that. Sure shanked. <laughs> Get out. That's it. Oh, my God. He got sure shanked. That was a sure shanking redemption. I can't believe it took us that long to get there. we go. Sure shank redemption yeah. too. The sure shanking. And it's just the prisoners hacking down the guy that got Andy Dufresne arrested to start with. There we go. That is possibly worse than my musical number. I'm just saying. 100%. Fuck yes. The sure shanking. <laughs> The short shit. Get the fuck out. Um, I think that they should have had a scene where it turns out that the chubby fat ass 
and I'm not being mean calling him that. That's literally his character name on like the credits. Yeah. Was Chubby Fat Ass. So that's why I'm calling him that. Hashtag goals for me. <laughs> Hashtag goals. I want to be in a movie where my fucking name is Chubby Fat Ass. Chubby Fat Ass. Um, yeah, look, I think they should have had the scene where it turned out he was right and he actually wasn't meant to have been sent there at all. And he was actually meant to go to like some way chiller prison or like county lockup or something. And then they found out afterwards and it was in like the guards lockup and they were like, hey, it turns out that guy wasn't actually even meant to be here. And then the guards are just like, oh, fuck. Well, he wasn't even like, meant I to be going to prison. He got bad. on the wrong bus. He was supposed to be going to fat yeah. camp or something. Yeah, just something real dumb. And then it just turns out he wasn't even supposed to have been there, let alone have been murdered by them and just making it even more horrifying what they did. He's supposed to be like a camp counselor or something and he got on the wrong bus or he's like... Supposed to be joining the army I'm or something. I'm not supposed to be here. Yeah. All right. That would have been good. Uh, final question that can be applied to any film. Which two movies banged and made this movie? Okay, I've decided it has to be a movie about like a prisony escapee thing and a movie about like male friendshipy okay. thing. And I wanted it to be movies that happened before this film. So I've gone with The Great Escape oh, and Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Oh, it had to, of course it was going to be that. Great Escape, of course, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Had to be. And okay, well, then Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid was the other one. Well, well, your Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid has actually inspired me because Paul Newman was in that film and he was also in Cool Hand Luke, which obviously you've never seen, but it's a I have not. film about a guy who keeps getting locked up for doing dumb shit and he comes across a warden that he fucking hates and then the warden hates him. And sort of basically terrorizes his life. So, yeah, kind of similar, kind of similar. Oh, yeah. And then while we're talking about kind of similar, how about a film in which a guy, kind of reverse, is guilty and then decides to pretend to be insane so he can get locked up in an insane asylum. In the books, he's his, he's an Irishman whose name is Red. But in the movies, he's Jack Nicholson and the film is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, there you go. I didn't know that's what it was about because I was also not seeing that film. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> We're similar. He runs into a psychopathic, or sociopathic, um, what do you want to call them? Person of power is the best way to describe her. And a similar thing. It's just like, you know, befriends these people, you know, an oddball group of people that would never normally be friends in real life are suddenly sort of thrust together in the same environment and ends with an escape. So there you go. It's, it's very similar. Nice. All right, I think we've made good choices there, and now we should move on to my questions. Yes. So, question 14. What would you do to fill your days if you were in Shawshank for 40 years? I think I'd fashion some sort of wings like Jakey and try and fly the fuck out of that prison because I don't think I could handle it. Either that or just write. You know, like, I, my dream is to be a writer. People know this. If they want to buy my book, there's a link in the podcast description or search buy it it's really good. it is really good it's amazing um search sam hurley compliance you'll be able to find it everywhere i want to i want to write i wish i wish i had the time to write more books i've got like 17 books banging around in my head that all want to come out and i don't have the time for it if you're locked in jail amelia would be hand scrawled and nobody would be able to read it because my handwriting has got worse and worse every year that i've left school <laughs> or been out of school um it'd be shit and i don't know who would translate it for me but hey i'd, I'd love to i'd love to write that's probably all i could do but they'd all want to read it because the library's terrible, right? So That's true. they'd be like, oh my God, new material, the whole new book that I've never read. This is great. So you'd have like this really cult following. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I'd probably write a whole bunch of erotica so that they'd leave me the fuck alone. But 
Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. They would they would love that for but, sure. I would study law <laughs> so that I could help myself and other inmates. I just like become like the super amazing criminal legal mastermind who just knew everything about every little law. Name one law. <laughs> Don't kill people. <laughs> Damn it, I set the bar too low. The resource management act. <laughs> Don't steal. Yeah, no, criminal law, criminal law. Criminal, I'd be focused on criminal law. But, you know, because you do read about people doing that, right? Like going and studying law and then helping people with their cases and getting people out of jail from inside jail. The warden would have a field day with you, Liz. Your life would, you'd be in the hole for like months. Oh, but I'm very charming. So I just charm my way out of it. I don't know. It's still what I'd do. Hadley would have tossed you off that roof, Liz. No, because I would have led with a sensible fucking question, <laughs> not... Do you trust your wife? I'm an idiot. Do you trust um, your wife? All right. Do um, you trust your wife? Uh, question 15. How hard do you think it was for Red to find that field? Man, that dude was out there for weeks. Like, Andy yeah. didn't even give an address or anything. He's like, there's a field. Nah. In the northern a part distance? of- distance? He didn't go, yeah. look, it's- he didn't even Nothing. say, like, 10 miles north or anything, did he? Yeah, nah. like, north of there's the town. There's a field north of this one town. Yeah. Yeah. And and when we saw Red, he he was like walking through the middle of fucking nowhere. He wasn't like walking up and down roads trying to find a brick, you know, like a sorry, like a rock wall. He was like strolling through somebody's back garden. Red's lucky not to have been shot for trespassing. <laughs> yeah, right. Or, or more by mountain lions or something. He was fucking because it's not like it was really flat and clear, and you could just see that there was no trees except for this one giant tree and a, you know, it was like rolling hills and it would have been so hard to find that place it was it was insane yeah and then my final question number 16 who would you have bet on in that lineup of fresh fish to break down crying oh chubby fat ass (laughs) yeah it had to be chubby fat ass he's the obvious one for a reason he's just you know he's losing his shit he's already oh i'm not even supposed to be here today (laughs) sure he had a ridiculous bow tie like who the fuck was a bow tie to prison. Now, now remember, Mr. Chubbs, you're going to want to get dressed up for prison. Okay, okay. Yeah, what a joke. Silly you want to impress the other inmates. Yep. Yeah, he was the clear loser. His mum was dressing him Definitely. up like it was the first day for school, right? First day of school, basically. Like, she was getting him in his Sunday best. Like, you got to make a good impression. <laughs> and did. Yeah, that's why he was in prison, because he murdered her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if that's true, but it just felt like it anyway. It probably was, right? You're right. Yeah. All right. Hit me with yours. Moving on to me. Hey, we'll go back to Red in the field. Why did it take Red so long to go and find that field? Like, he looked like he'd been out for a while, like out of jail for a while. Well, he knew it was going to take a bloody long time. And he was like, oh, I don't want to have to go find this field. It's so hard. And he probably thought it was just going to be some shit mementos of Andy's dead wife. It was like, yeah, I'm going to go and find these photos or like use condom in a box or something. Why do I want to go out and do that? Because I don't know if he would have put two and two together that Andy would have gone and put stuff there after he left, no, right? No, like, yeah, true. Andy didn't make that clear that he was doing anything. So I reckon he thought it was just going to be absolute shite. It was going to take forever, and Andy wouldn't know. So he was like, yeah. 
I, I reckon you're right. Like, I reckon he probably did a bit of scouting out first and realised he needed to have supplies for at least a 20-day expedition to find this fucking field. Yeah. So he was like, well, I better work a job and save up some money so I can fucking wander around in a field like a jackass for five weeks. <laughs> Afford a compass so that I can, like, find my way around. Yeah, exactly. This giant, expansive countryside. Yeah, exactly. So my question is, it's, it's been one of the most longest debated plot holes yeah it's similar to titanic why didn't you know rose let jack get up on the fucking door who gives a shit it's similar to that it's, it's a widely regarded plot hole from famous movies but how did andy manage to get the poster back over his hole so he climbed into the hole disappeared down into the sewer pipes sure but ha- you know when the warden goes into his room the poster is perfectly placed and held over his hole so how do he do it he didn't take it off they showed in the movie that he was like working underneath the poster to make the hole so he was used to just climbing up from under the post, you know, like from the bottom of the poster while the top of the poster was still stuck there. Yeah. No, I get that. But like when he comes in, it's like dead flat against the wall. Like it's perfectly like it. you don't think it might have been blowing or breezing because the bottom wasn't stuck down or anything. No, nah, because I think you could, as you went in, I think you could have pulled it from the sides. From outside the hole, you'd bring your hands around the sides and just pull it enough to Stick it. What I want to know is what it was stuck with at all. Because did they have blue tech? Oh, Liz, you do not want to know what it was stuck with. <laughs> Sam, it's so gross. I didn't think of that. That's what I think the question is, is what it was stuck with. I'm not sorry, if I'm in jail and, and I, if I'm in jail and I've got a poster of Rita Hayworth or Raquel Walsh, oh, oh Jesus. Yucky. I know what I'm up to. Fucking it's hell. so gross. What's your next question? How much glue could one man manufacture in 20 years? No, that is not your question. Do you trust your wife, Sam? <laughs> Do you trust your wife? That's your next question. <laughs> that should have been the question. That should have been. Do you trust your wife? And you know what the answer is? Yes. It better be yes. I've met her. I trust her far more than I trust you. <laughs> yeah, good. No, I've got anyway. way more respect for you now. Well done. Uh Anyway, that moves us down to the final question. A lot of people talk about this. A lot of people say how Shawshank was robbed or Pulp Fiction was robbed. Um, but mm-hmm. I want to know, what film should have won the Best Picture in 1994 at the Oscars? So the nominees were Shawshank Redemption, Quiz Show, Pulp Fiction, Four Weddings and a Funeral, and Forrest Gump, which I know you love and which also won. But I want to know, which one should have, which one should really have won the Best Picture Oscar? Well, I can immediately rule out Quiz Show because I've never heard of it. So, nah, you're out. Yeah, there's a reason for that. Four weddings and a funeral. That's shit. You're out. I know everyone raves about Pulp Fiction. And it's not like I don't like Pulp Fiction, but it just feels very niche. I just don't think it was ever going to win. So, sorry to all of you Pulp Fiction, Quentin Tarantino nerds. I just don't see it. Um, Like, now he's got such more of a mainstream following. But then it was still really... That would have been quite radical, I think. Quite a maverick film. So, I just... No. And look, I do. I have a special love for Forrest Gump, so I'm happy with the Forrest Gump win. But I could see a justification for Shawshank to win. Yep. I can absolutely see that. As I said, it's a perfect movie. So I, I can absolutely, if it, if it had won, then I would have been fine with it. Like, I wouldn't have been happy if any of the others had been in Forrest Gump, because I think Forrest Gump is spectacular. And spoiler alert, I think we're planning to do an episode on Forrest yes. Gump soon, so you can shit on my favourite movie for a yes. change. But, um... Yes, I think yes. That, like Shawshank would have been a solid winner. 
if Forrest Gump wasn't. I feel like in terms of voting, Shawshank Redemption or Pulp Fiction should have been first. It's like, for me, both... Everybody says yeah, that. Yeah, I know. It's, and it's it's just it's just too obvious. Pulp Fiction in hindsight, like, oh, don't get me wrong, like, Pulp Fiction is probably in my top 10 films of all time. In hindsight, later on, like later rewatches, man, it sags in the middle, which sort of detracts a bit from the film. Uh, whereas this one, yeah, as we talked about, the pacing, everything of it is just perfect and well made. Interestingly... Do you want to hazard a guess as to where Pulp Fiction sits in the top 250 and where Forrest Gump sits in the top 250? And I'll give you a clue. Do you want to hazard a guess as to where those two films are in the top 20 films on IMDb? Yeah, I figured I didn't think they'd be in the top 10. Um, I would guess, yeah, like 17, 18, something like that. Forrest Gump is 11th. Pulp Fiction is 8th. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I quite, I'm quite happy to admit, like, I may not have the same taste as everybody else, and no one else has to agree with me. I just really like it. And I think it has sentimental value to me, that movie. Um, but actually, with Pulp Fiction, and this is probably pretty controversial, um, so it could be a controversial opinion about that movie, which led us into the next question. But um, I think Reservoir Dogs is a better film than Pulp Fiction. I would give Reservoir Dogs a best film Oscar before I'd give one to Pulp Fiction. I, I used to be there with you. I used to rate Reservoir Dogs over Pulp Fiction for a long time, and then they sort of swap places, and now I don't know. A lot. It's, it's funny, as I get older, a lot of these movies that I used to love as a kid and still revere as obviously being quite well-made movies, I look at them and I'm like, huh, is it really that good? And even looking at the top 10, surrounding out the top 10, there's Shawshank Redemption at number one, The Godfather is number two, Dark Knight is number three, yep. Godfather well. Part Two is number four, 12 Angry Men is number five, that for me is not a obviously hyperbole sandwich. Which oh yeah, yeah. Look, Twelve Angry Men's great, but the rest, those other three, are just such Nolan bro movies. Yes, <laughs> I know Nolan didn't do all of them, but you know what I mean, right? Like Godfather and Godfather Part Two. I couldn't get through past twenty minutes. The Godfather. Yeah. So Godfather Part Two would actually rank higher than Godfather. <laughs> I don't know if I'd necessarily have it in my top ten that. films. Um, Schindler's mm-hmm. List comes in at number six. Lord of the Rings: Return of the King comes in oh. at number seven. And then Pulp Fiction, and then Fellowship of the Ring, and then The Good, the Bad, the Ugly, and then that's when you get into Forrest Gump. I got to ask you though, what and is then, the quiz show? I've never heard of it. It's a movie starring Robert Redford, or directed by Robert Redford. I think I watched it when I was like twenty, just to try and round out the top five nominees, just to say I've seen all of them. It was is is highly forgettable. Mm, clearly. Mm. Anywho, that does take us down to our final question, which is. Also, a Patreon question comes courtesy of our mate Julio of the Contrarians podcast. And what he would like to know is, what's your most controversial opinion about this movie? So Andy could actually have been guilty. They don't show him walking in on the bodies. They don't show him throwing the gun in the river. They don't show the other guy killing the specific people. And the guy doesn't actually specifically say the names or that it was Andy. Like, there is a possibility that Andy was guilty. We don't know. I feel like Liz has subtly throughout this podcast tried to justify the murder of somebody and I feel like you're plotting (laughs) a crime of passion, Liz, and you're kind of laying it down so that when you get thrown into the court of public opinion, you're going to be like, hey, come on, guys. Well, frankly, I'd do it better than this because leaving your like gin-soaked or bourbon-soaked fabric prints or whatever the fuck he was drinking, you know, like all over the bullets that you leave on the ground by the Come on, man. I mean, get it together. Yeah, what I would scaffold. The, I would like plan the fuck out of a murder. It would be exceptional. Okay, there would be run sheets. It would all be on a USB stick that I would then 
like burn and then throw in the ocean. I don't know. Listeners, if I mysteriously disappear, here's your fucking evidence, okay? (laughs) Here it all is. (laughs) But that's it. That's the only evidence you're holding upon. And it's totally circumstantial. (laughs) So I'll be enjoying my time out of prison. Thank you. Hopefully not circumcisal. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so what is your controversial (laughs) opinion? Uh, My controversial opinion, um, yeah, this is a movie about Red and his friends and his relationship with any friend. These guys are dicks. Where the fuck were they when he was being assaulted, sexually assaulted by Boggs and his gang? Why, at any point, you could say, oh, they're on different work details. Andy gets up to go to the projector. They see Boggs go after him. Where are these guys? Help him. Yeah, man. Couldn't they get in a big gang and beat the crap out of Boggs themselves at some point? They're a bigger gang than Boggs' gang. There's only four people in Boggs' mm. gang. Andy manages to fight off four of these dudes sometimes, as Red says. Sometimes they got him, sometimes mm. they didn't. What the fuck is going on here? Actually, I made a note to myself that um, Red actually kind of smiles when he talks about the sisters early on. He's like, oh, yeah, you've caught the attention of the sisters. <laughs> kind of thing. Well, I mean, he doesn't laugh, but he yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. looks like he's finding it funny. And I'm like, that's not funny. Why are you finding that funny? Shawshanking 3 should have been... Did you... Okay. First of all, the Shawshanking 3 should be basically Andy sailing out on that boat and then leaving Red out in the middle of the water on that boat, actually, because, like, you know, he clearly hates Red because Red's kind of fucked with him the entire time he's been in prison and he tries to get his redemption by by letting Red go out on that boat. Because did you see that boat that he was working on at the end of the film? There's another dumb decision by a smart person. That boat deserve to have been exploded, not fucking put back together. I think the point of it was doing it up as opposed to actually being like a quality thing, right? Like it was just part of just being able to hang out. Yeah, okay. That's boat. Like, oh, look at that pile of vomit. That used to be food. We should do that back up and make it into a tasty fucking <laughs> dinner. It's just, No, you shouldn't. It's done. It's fucking done. It wouldn't be my choice. Like the boat wouldn't be my choice, but also just doing up a boat. Like I'd be like, no, thank you. That is not on my list of things that I'd want to do if I escaped from prison. Yeah, exactly. You've got all this money. You've got, what, 400 grand in 1960, which is like having $17 billion or something right now. And you decide to do up a boat when you could just, I don't know, buy a boat. (laughs) Just buy a boat and go and fish. I don't know. Oh my God, we're but actually still... picking holes in this film. It's still an amazing way to finish. Oh, who am I yeah, kidding? great film. <laughs> like, great, it's still great, a great yeah, film. It's still it was a great film. Maybe not 9.3 billion or whatever I gave it out. I'm just going to go with a flat billion out of 10,000. It's still a little hyperbole, but not, maybe not as high as I thought. Anyway, that takes us down the end. Liz, you're the host. Why don't you see us off? I will, Sam. I will. Hi, everyone. <laughs> I'm the host. I have things to say. Um, yeah, no, look, this was um, quite good. We've been wanting to talk about this film since we brought it up the other day, and I think it was great that we could do it. Um, we want to do that with a few more films that maybe have been on the list for a while and we've been meaning to do. So um, there might be a few more classics coming up. I think I'm pretty keen to do Forrest Gump, even if Sam will shit on it. Um, rude, but okay. <laughs> um, I don't know if we've got any others in the pipeline, Sam. Uh, nothing terribly pressing. Much you did message me and say, do you want to do Paw Patrol? So there might be a film review cool. of Paw Patrol, the Super That'll Pups movie. That'll be great. Count I'll me tell you what, e- out. Every question that we came up with, highly inappropriate for a kid's film. So or maybe we're not. Maybe maybe at least, at least there's a massive outcrying of people that want to hear that. It's not going to happen. 
Um, Somehow that just doesn't surprise me whatsoever. Look, we'll come up with stuff, but we're always happy for you to suggest things. And if you would like to do that, you can find us on Twitter. Yes, Twitter uh, at Movie Reviews In. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook as um, at MRITQS. I think if and, you just search Movie Reviews and 20Qs, you'll find yeah, us on man, there. Yeah, man, just do that. And um, you can email us at MRITQS at gmail.com. And, yeah, we'd just love to hear from you. We'd also, you know, obviously like um, reviews uh, if you want to give us those and anything else or if you just want to um, message us and tell us all the terrible things there are about Shawshank Redemption, you can do that, I suppose. Although if you do, you're just a shitty person. Exactly. I will I will take the time to say that what Liz was saying as well about suggestions would be good because um, we have toying – we are toying with the idea of wrapping this up. We've figured 250 episodes of this shenanigans is pretty awesome and we also have plans mm-hmm. for something else. So we would like to wrap this up with maybe even just throwing it out there to you listeners and send in your suggestions. If there's any film that you've gone, holy shit, I really want the movie reviews and 20Qs guys to review, please let us know because, I mean, I like Shawshank, Forrest Gump, Empire Strikes Back, there's a lot of favourite films that I'd love to do, Mm -hmm. but we also want to give back to you guys that have stuck with us, our patrons that have given us money, all that sort of shit. If you guys are out there and there is a film that you're just like, oh my god, I'm fucking dying to hear them talk about... Fuck, Inconceivable too. Story. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> shit like that. Then let us know, please. Let us know. And you know, yes. we, we probably won't do them, but that, that'd be a great suggestion. <laughs> but it'll give us a moment to laugh about it, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> correct, hundred percent. Anyway, yep, that is thanks for me. Thanks for me, team. Bye. Yeah, I think you should be glad that we didn't have the question of which character is the other podcaster. Oh, yeah, no shit. I figured you'd just, you'd end up making me spogs or something, and I would have made you like the chubby fat ass. <laughs> Nobody would have been 100%. happy. It would have just been terrible. So Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs>